everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single Wii U game. Uh, we're playing them in a random order, and we're discovering things that we never would have discovered otherwise. Such is the case with our game today, a game that is called Legend of K Anniversary, and my name is Steve Guntley Anniversary. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski, and um, just a quick content warning before we get into it. Um, we might be using um, an unpleasant slur, so if you are a, a cheese breath out there, yeah, ooh, then ooh. yeah, I, I, I don't even like to say it. I know, it's but, hard to say, it's hard to say. But, but you know, uh, I feel like it's important to get the full kind of context and impact of what this game is trying to do. That is such like, I, I don't know what era that specifically reminds me of, but like uh, calling somebody a something breath, like uh, that, that's, a, that's maybe a, it's just the era of you being 12. It it's could that be. Era. Maybe it's just that, but like for, a, for a, it was like the greatest. I don't know when it was that, that that was an insult that would have some impact on somebody. It's like, yeah, way to go. Garbage breath and stuff sure. like that. But, but this game's very tuned into that era, that, that whole period of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you know, maybe it's realistic because your, your protagonist does seem to be, you know, eight to 12 year old boy. Yeah. So yeah. In an off putting way. Yeah. would be right in his wheelhouse. Um, well, I have I have a slight problem, and maybe we'll get to it yeah. after this segment. Um, you can give me some advice, but um, first, I you know I gotta ask because you're usually the one who asks. Yeah. But uh, what have you been playing? I mean, besides uh, Legend of K Anniversary, I mean, obviously been playing a lot of that. Nothing too terribly exciting. Um, I I was traveling this week, so I brought my Switch and played a lot more Disco Elysium. I'm mm -hmm. making quite a bit of progress in that. Seems like a good playing game. It's a good playing game because it's like all reading and kind of uh, solving puzzles and stuff. Uh, fair warning to anybody wanting to pick up that Switch version. It's crashed on me many times. I've Ooh. lost my save game a couple of times. Yeah, that's uh, not a great... I mean, not that any game you want to lose save data in, but that one seems extra rough. That one's a lot <laughs> of backtracking. Like, a bunch of text And, like, games. it doesn't autosave as frequently as you would like, uh, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and there's also kind of a sunk cost thing where I've been playing it for so long. Like, all right, sure. I kind of want to see this through at this point. But, uh, maybe yeah, if that, you have another, maybe if you have another version and don't need it portable, go with the other version. Exactly. Yeah. If you've got a better computer than mine and you can handle <laughs> playing it on your PC, that's probably the way to do it. Uh, no disrespect, but I, I am struggling a little bit with that. Uh, also for the record, I did finish Axiom Verge. I, oh, I nice. played the rest of it after our episode last week. Bogged down ever so, I ever did. so briefly. The middle of that game is a little bit of a morass. It is, it is, and I uh, thank God that the multiverse edition for the Wii U came with a map, uh, a like an actual there, paper yeah. map that I can hold open and show me where the items are because they're also they also list the items kind of chronologically of like when you're supposed to find ah. them. So I was able to extrapolate from where. I, the last item I got, you know, okay. kind of build from there. But uh, good game, Axiom Verge. I yeah. like it. You just yeah. gotta gotta reach into those physical items. It's like it, in Metal Gear Solid, we have to look at the back of the box to know how yes. to get past Psycho Mantis. Or whatever. I mean, we we didn't even touch on it because uh, I don't think we'd gotten to that point uh, in the episode. But you get a grappling hook, uh, mm -hmm. and the mechanics in that feel a lot like Bionic Commando, Ooh. which is like really good grappling hook, but also like a little bit more of a technically involved grappling hook. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not as long, not as universal, not as responsive. So there's kind of a lot of different gameplay styles going on in there. Yes, and, I think uh, I did get to the point where it was the grappling hook and it was trying to balance between hook grappling, drone throwing, and teleporting. Yeah, And it yeah. just became a little too much for me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, what are you playing lately? Uh, well, I've been revisiting, um, you know, one of one of the greatest games ever made, uh, Dead Cells. Oh, which, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dead Cells, and I had played it 
a ton um, when it first came out, but they've just slowly been plinking away extra DLC content, like $5 a pop. And it's one of those weird situations where if you know that there's going to be more DLC content, you don't want to play it when there's like one of the three planned DLCs comes out. Yeah, yeah. Because specifically for that game, since it's a roguelike, you have to start from the beginning every time. Yeah, yeah. And so now they finally put out three, and I'm like, okay, this is enough. Going to get back into it, and I really love Dead Cells. It feels so good. The character that you play as just moves so smoothly, and the attack, the attacks and parrying just work so nicely. I just find it a very pleasant game to play. That's awesome. What are you yeah. playing it on? Uh, my PC. PC. Okay, nice. But nice, it nice. is also available for Switch, and it's I think it's on. Yeah. It has been on sale for a little bit, um, but it's definitely worth it. It has a crazy amount of content for, you know, a twenty dollar game. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. So you said you had a problem. You said you had a, you had something to, uh, yeah. to get off your chest. Well, about here, here, here's here. my question is, you know, like I said, I've, I've been playing Dead Cells. It's been a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking for something to play after. And um, I, I, I do have a certain favorite style of game. Um, mm-hmm. So I've already played all the Spyro games. Mm-hmm. I've played all the Crash games. Okay. I played Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. Oh, the classic. Um, yeah, I played Tack and the Power of Juju. Sure. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger 1 and 2. Voodoo Vince. Voodoo, yeah, got played to. Voodoo Vince. Dr. Muto. Dr. Muto. Vince the, or Blinks the Time Cat 1 and 2. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, so I'm... Haven, Call of the King. I, I, Hurdy so Gurdy. I think the next one I'm going to play is... Uh, Maybe grab by the ghoulies. Um, but I, I didn't know if you had maybe had a different recommendation for this style of game. Because I, I really pulled deep here. Uh, but... No, grab by the ghoulies sounds like the way to go. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this, this, this game, Legend of K, is very much in that vein. Okay. There was that... That crazy glut of like wannabe platforming heroes that were coming out, and most of them like bombed. But also, we got like Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. Oh yeah, it's, like, I guess those are the ones those. to play. I, I assume we've already been it. through those yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't list them. Yeah, <laughs> even though they're. I mean, you know, so like they would have even emerged at the same era as K. And and I'm someone who was like I was very fascinated by that particular run of games. Like, and I tried. Many of them. I even yeah. played Whiplash, you know, the game where you're the lab rat chained to a lab rabbit okay. and like, you whip him around and hit him with stuff. Like, Whoa. It's Wait, a dark do you, game. Do you play as the rat and whip around the rabbit? Oh, or sorry, do you play as the rabbit and whip around a rat? He, he's a weasel. Yeah, sorry. You, you are the weasel whipping around the rabbit because the, the bit is that the chemicals that they put on the rabbit makes him uh, uh, immune to pain. Ah. So, like, you can just use them as an item. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a weird game. It's a domestic <laughs> game. It does sound like a weird game. But, like, it- yeah, I was kind of fascinated by that. And even even having, like, studied a little bit of this era and played a lot of these games, I'd never heard of Legend of K. Like, right. I think I was probably, looking at the original cover for it, I think I probably just thought it was Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Yeah. You know, because it looks very, very similar. <laughs> it you know, looks it looks like kind of like a lower rent version of Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. It's Ty the so, Tasmanian Tiger goes east. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So there was a big sense of uh, what the hell is this game when uh, it came up on the spreadsheet. And it's just like, all right, well, it's it's marked as anniversary. So clearly that means somebody held it in some esteem. Like somebody is a fan of this series. I mean, it's not exciting necessarily. That it's you can have right? anniversaries of bad things, right? I mean, but, but they don't usually it's bother why they, it's with why that. why they lower the flag the day, every, uh, every day that Legacy of Kane came out. Legacy of K. <laughs> Legacy of Kane would be another That'd be a, series to play that's better than this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about this and see why it's worth talking about 10 years after it came out. Uh, well, 16 years now. I mean, because it was on the spreadsheet. <laughs> it was on the spreadsheet. I mean, that is the reason the spreadsheet knows all and it tells knows all. all. I do not question the yeah. spreadsheet. I didn't write the spreadsheet, certainly. It was I'm handed gonna, to me by the spheres. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break in and edit on your computer give Woody $100 the game. And you'll be like, well, it's, it's what the spreadsheet says. <laughs> this game is very simple. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'd be like, well, Steve, you got to go for the high score. Oh, shit. High okay, score. here's $10,000. <laughs> yeah, All right, so Legend of K Anniversary was released July 28th, 2015. It was developed by Kaiko and published by Nordic Games. And it was originally released on PS2, while Anniversary was originally released on PS3, 360, Windows, iOS, PS4, and Switch. Oh, wow. So, so you, yeah. I can play this game on my PS4? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can, you I am can, a privileged uh, boy. Oh, you can get it on your Switch. Bring it with you on the go, you know? It's all everybody It's weird wanted. to think that this game is still, like, out there. They're like on there. modern consoles. It's not, it's like simultaneously been lost they, to time and is available. Yeah, they brought it back. Like there was a two year gap, like between this release and the release of the Switch, and they brought it back. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They were really, Fans were clamoring. They were really pushing it. I, I think that's kind of the cool strategy. It's just like, say it's an anniversary, and then we'll just believe, okay, this must be good. This must be something special. And right. it, it's, you know, it, it didn't convince me ultimately, but it's, it's weird that like it can justify itself like that. So the original Legend of K was developed by a German studio called Neon Studios back in 2005. It wound up being their last game. And uh, it was a minor success in Europe, uh, enough so that Capcom bought the publishing rights for a U.S. release a few months after the original debut. Uh, Reviews at the time were polite, but it kind of came and went without making much of an impact, again, just because super crowded market for this kind of anthropomorphic animal game. Yes. Um, so a port hit the Nintendo DS in 2010, but it was largely ignored and critics didn't really respond to it. And after that DS port failed, uh, the Austrian publisher of the series, which is called Joe Wood, uh, they went bankrupt and the catalog was purchased by Nordic Games in 2011. And then Nordic published the remastered Anniversary Edition for all platforms in 2015, eventually bringing it over to Switch, PS4, all of that. Uh, so they're really... As far as my research goes, there really wasn't much in the way of information about this game. Like, I and I was surprised because I thought, like, okay, well, this wasn't a big seller. Uh, reviews were kind of like in the the higher end of mediocre. Sure. Uh, but this must have like a fan community or something, right? Like, I mean, you would assume. Why else would they take the trouble to remaster it? And and not really. Okay, the closest thing I could find was on a, uh, a website called Wikifur, which oh. is a uh, wiki for furries. Sure. Which you could see this game appealing mm-hmm. to that community. He's he, he's a sexy child fox. He's a sexy child cat. Yeah, or whatever he is. Oh, but yeah. like he he even that site though was like. A one-sentence summary. It's like, sure. K is the protagonist of Legend of K, a video game that exists. Okay. Like, I mean, it's it, it, there was no horny porn. There was nothing really about Ugh. this character. So, like... So, it's not even succeeding on that front. No. So, I, I it doesn't even have, a, like, a dedicated community there either. I mean, and that's, you know, that's kind of the thesis statement, the mystery. You know, usually, this is not a true crime podcast. So, no. usually, we don't find ourselves in situations with mysteries to solve. But blink, I... Blink, I, blink, <laughs> blink, 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 blink. I'm just okay. Okay, but I, I feel like the real one is here. Um, why does this remastered version exist? Like, I, I totally understand why the original PS2 game exists. Sure, because that that was really the game style of that era was yeah. kind of the transition from N64 and PS1 into PS2, probably until like 
until things transitioned into Gears of War and Uncharted. Right. And it was like a bunch of third person shooters. And then it was uh then it was first person shooters, and that's still where we live now. Yeah. Um But I mean this it, it's not like this was a game like like Psychonauts or something, which like didn't sell well but found like a cult audience, you know. It's not like you know, there really wasn't a cult audience to kind of bring this back. So it seems like maybe it's just a second at bat. Like Nordic Games owns this property now, and they're just like, all right, let's try and make this a thing. It we must, don't want to make a new game, but let's try and make I this mean, a thing. I mean, it must just be exceedingly cheap in the sense that they they bought it and had the license and are like, okay, this is not popular enough to generate something from scratch. Right. But what if we just put four guys into remastering the graphics mm-hmm. and put it out again? Like... Hoping maybe it's hoping to ride that wave of platformer nostalgia, which admittedly does exist. Sure, like, wasn't there? There's a tie the Tasmanian Tiger like um, there's a revival. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Because like it doesn't take much for people to have kind of nostalgia for your game. No, and no, or even game, that wasn't there a SpongeBob one? Like yeah, that, yeah, the early Bikini 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 Battle like, Bikini Bottom. This is a yeah. great one, and it's like people speed run that game, but you never. This game didn't even generate that amount of like lukewarm nostalgia. No, no. And uh, well, let's let's jump into talking a little bit about the game here. Story wise, this takes place on a mystical land called Yenqing, which is an island uh, with four races of magical talking animals. So you have a, a village of cats, a village of frogs, a village of pandas, and a village of rabbits. Okay, so stop right there. Yeah. So here's here's the question that one always, you know, it's wonders when one sees things built on like the separation of the you said the races or species or like yeah. i mean species is the term sure but like uh, did this stand in for something like sometimes it's very obvious like zootopia like that's the premise of sure zootopia. and even that gets pretty muddy yeah uh, but yeah it's 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 unclear like i don't because everything has like this sort of like uh uh old Asian aesthetic, like right. a like a kung fu movie kind of aesthetic. And so everybody is kind of coded in their style as like people of that era, but also every accent on every character is totally different. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it really blurs these weird lines of like, okay, are the gorillas like a country or mm-hmm. like a kingdom? Or are they yeah. like a type who who like or it see it really seems like you're getting into like a race war because it's right. like yeah. the the rats and the gorillas want to kill the cats and the rabbits. There's and, also some weird kind of uh, religious messaging here too because the concept is that uh, all these con- all these different like species were living in peace because they followed this religious order called the way. Okay. But then the younger generation they stopped following the way, and so things have kind of started to fall apart. The nations are a little more fragmented, and it leaves it open for invading armies of gorillas and rats to come take over. Okay. And now they're like in charge of this island. Uh, and in the village of the cats, there's a young uh, like kind of. I thought he was a tiger, but I think he's just like a regular. He's a cereal a box mascot. He's, that's he's, it. He's, yeah, he's, he's Tony the Tiger's annoying little cousin. He's fine. He's K. <laughs> he's K. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he is K. Um, yeah, so that's that's K. He is a uh, a young tiger, and he has a, he's a, a martial arts apprentice to a character just named the Master. Who is uh, the played the by Asian. Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> Co co built by Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is one of those Asian stereotype characters uh, of like a wise old man on a hill, uh, and the, the the first of our many Asian stereotype characters in this. None of them particularly flattering. I mean, the, we're gonna get right into here, like. 
Um, I think that accents have been sort of on the forefront of commu- of uh, the zeitgeist with House of Gucci. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This game does for, you know, this game provides its own fair share of uh, accent work. Right, in yeah. In the sense that you you might be like initially offended but we're like oh this is the voice that they're doing mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes to the next character and that character is doing some other like just totally crazy stereotypical voice for a way that doesn't even fit like you said that right. you you meet the guy with the you know stereotypical asian accent and then you meet a guy from brooklyn right exactly <laughs> or there there's a the uh, inconsistent british accent it and you brought up the point, like, how many voice actors do you think are actually in here? Because it feels like most of the background characters are, like, two or three people. And, like, maybe they're the funny people in the office who can do impressions sure. or something. And they're just, like, doing whatever silly voices they can think of. Yeah, because that's kind of would be the explanation of, like, why are all these voices so sort of bizarre and inconsistent? And yeah. it would be like, okay, Bobby, like... That was that was good, but like we really need to make it clear that you're not doing this next voice. So really, like, do it low, like do like a very wide voice. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm gonna do British accent in yeah. it. Here we go, spitting fire, dragon, dragon, blah. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of that going on. So as the game opens, uh, as with this is like a Zelda clone, you know. So as with most Zelda games of the era, we talked about Twilight Princess and stuff like that. Uh, there is a long, long section set in your initial starting village where you have to run around running chores and learning the basics of the game. And then once you get past that, then things will open up a little bit. But like a basi- little bit. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it, it, it does play more like a Zelda than like a Tide of the Tasmanian Tiger, but it does split the difference a little bit. Like you have it is still divided into levels. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much backtracking beyond the levels themselves. No. And you have no inventory that you can bring up with the start menu. Like, you will pick up potions and be able to drop them to give yourself a power-up. Yeah. But there's no, like, equipping the hookshot or the iron boots. No. So it is a little more jumpy and action-packed than Zelda. Yeah, and it seems to be kind of at least, like, semi-linear. Like, you'll yeah. you'll access a new section, and, yeah, you'll have to backtrack a little bit within that chunk of the map. But then once you proceed, you're not really coming back through this area. Right. Uh, yeah, and so he's... It's, it's really kind of unclear what Kay's overall quest here is. <laughs> like, his village has been taken over by the gorillas. His master was, like, a drunk, and he, he let them do it. Uh, and so... Kay sneaks into the dojo, steals his sword, and then flees the village. And now he's, like, off going on adventures. And I think the ultimate goal is, like, to stop the evil gorillas and the evil rats. But sure. it's, it's you know, and Kay's kind of signature uh, character trait is just that he's, like, kind of short-tempered and just kind of mean. Um, <laughs> and also that he sounds distressingly young. I don't know. Yes. I just was I, I didn't expect... He gives a lot of sass back. He, he sounds like an eight-year-old boy. Like, yeah. it sounds like he's played by an eight-year-old boy. And, uh... Ooh, the 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 voice acting in this game is uh, very of its era. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's the question. Is like, he his voice is not you know it's not some sort of bizarre inexplicable accent no. like every other character in the game, but it is like tremendously uninterested and also just wimpy. He, yeah, he is, yeah. I don't I don't know I don't like. He, he sounds a little like Tails in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, yeah. he definitely has a Tails vibe going on. Like yeah. he just. He, he, on the back of this game, it labels it as an incredibly funny game, which I, I mean, I think this game does have a couple things that you could like 
promote it with, but I'm not sure the humor is what you want to put first and foremost. No, no. Mostly, Things have been lost in translation yeah, here, I think. Mostly he just German. calls characters cheese breath or garbage face or... And sometimes bastard. Sometimes no. he'll just like drop a bastard and I'm just like, sure. wow, okay. He's, he's got this uh, little boy voice and it's a very childish game, but it has I mean, and, and maybe that's another thing that like uh, was lost in translation. Like maybe, you know, in Europe being a bastard is not quite as severe right like, yeah yeah i mean you know it's not one of the uh the a-list oh swears no but like it definitely either, it sounds is, harder than like cheese breath it sounds like, harder than cheese breath or like even crap or something there yeah. it, there is like kind of an unspoken hierarchy of swear words you yeah. know and bastards just kind of like in the lower middle yeah I yeah don't know. Well, i mean bastards got a mean edge to it where the other it ones does. feel like okay they're just well because uh, that one's going straight to your birth right it's yeah. a, it's a, it's insulting your existence that's yeah. when things always go up a level when they when they bring it up to your parents yeah yeah uh, I'm a bastard, actually. No, I think about it. Hey, sure. I never, I, I'm going to start identifying as that. That's, like, it, that's what your business card is going to say. It's Steve yeah. Guntley, writer, podcaster, bastard. Exactly. Yes. I, mean, I need like an abbreviation, like instead of an OBE or something like that, I've just got a BAS. Yeah. I don't know. An EPB. An EPB. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, they, yeah. once you kind of get out into the world, it, it's... Yeah, like I said, very Zelda-like, except there's a heavier emphasis on platforming. Yeah, um, which, which is fine. Fine, and yeah. I think that this game plays okay. Like it actually K, does. Kay yeah. feels pretty good. He feels light on his feet. He's got a very forgiving double jump. Sometimes the hit detection is a little off. Like yeah. jumps seem farther than you can make, but then he will make them. Um, but like the combat is nice and straightforward. There's no kind of like. Z targeting or something where the camera moves for you. No. But like I did find that for the most part he attacked the enemy I wanted him to attack. For the most part, yeah. There is a weird, like almost broken mechanic uh that they just call like the combo, where you press your control stick towards an enemy and press X and you'll just kind of zip over to them. But you have to have hit something first. Yeah, you have it's to like- hit something first to kick it off, and then you have to keep hitting them to keep it going. But basically, you can just, like, zip around in the air. You can jump between these little statues that they call Zhongs, and you can just zip around the air for as long as you want. And it looks really weird. Like, you're phasing from place to place, but it also does make things a little more fun. Yeah, it, it is fun. It does give that kind of, like, K is a ninja type of feel as yeah. he, like, crouching tigers through the uh, through the sky. Hey, he is a crouching yeah, tiger. Yeah, nice. exactly. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it seems like there is frames kind of missing from that animation. Totally. And that's... That's where the weird sort of part of this game is, is I think that if I had played this game on PS2 yeah, yeah. around when it came out, or even now, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is a pretty fun PS2 game. Yeah, yeah. You, like, could, you could forgive some of the rough edges, you know? Like, it's maybe uh, like a step or two below Mark of Cree, which is right. another game we played, but also kind of scratches that same sort of itch. Sure. Um, not quite as gruesome by any means. I mean, but. it would probably be amongst the tier of some of like the, the mid-level platformer mascot characters that we named yeah. earlier you know i'd probably rather play this than dr muto or something you know and it has but it's like a lot of the issues with it that are very annoying on the wii u i probably would have been more okay with on the ps2 like i don't think it's a bad looking game no but like they did do a good job on the remaster and i like k's design a lot but they did like, a weird thing with the remaster because i kind of uh if you compare it to things like, you know, we mentioned Ty- Tasmanian yeah. Tiger or like when Ratchet and Clank kind of got rebooted or, or uh, they released the up versions. Yeah. The big thing that they did was add more texture. So like Ratchet or Ty would get furry. 
Oh, like you okay. could see the hair on them. Yep. They went the other way with K. He actually looks shinier and more like a plastic action figure than he does in the original PS2 okay. version. They've smoothed out some of the polygons, but that's kind of about it. Okay, but I mean, I do think it is a clean-looking game. It's just like the environments are tremendously uninteresting. Yeah, like, yeah. And but So then you get issues like the voice acting in terms of like, oh, is this really what they're going with? It's right. Because it doesn't really work on a campy level and it's not actually engaging to the game, and the camera is very bad. I thought, you yeah. know, this felt like a thing that maybe we could leave behind once we left behind the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Um, you know, the system notorious for many bad camera games. Um, but it but, was something that PS2 games struggled with for a while, mm-hmm. like a lot of them did, and it, it was one of those things that took a weirdly long time for people to figure out. Well, because... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, no, ignore what I was going to say, because it was factually inaccurate. Okay. That is not what we want on this podcast. No, hey, look, look, no fake news on this podcast. No, only, only the truth regarding the legend of K. You can't handle and, the truth. And whatever, whatever anniversary it is that he's on. Um, exactly. Yeah. What is the 10-year anniversary? Is that, like, the wood, or is that tin? I forget. <laughs> I, I forget. I don't know. Well, I don't you, know, you, know where, you know where you go to uh, get your anniversary for the legend of K? Mm. K Jewelers. That's a good place. Yeah. That's a good place. Every kiss begins there. That's from what, what I've I understand. heard. Um, (laughs) so the point is the camera in this game is very irritating. Like it, like you, you said, it's not clear if you are supposed to be in control of the camera or if you just are trusting for it to go where it goes. Cause yeah, it's not very responsive when you're trying to control it, but also when you're going into places, it positions automatically in a weird place. Yeah. It's like those horrible sections in uncharted or the crash games where they put the camera in front of you. Yeah. You have to run towards it, but you're trying to like do platforming and avoid like, uh, Deku plants that are yeah, biting at yeah, you. And yeah. you're like, wait a second, this is not working for me. I realize eventually you can center the camera behind you by clicking the right stick, but not, always sometimes you'll do it and it'll just be like it's like okay that is the weird thing i mean i think that's what they figured out um but like in the n64 and early playstation 2 era like the camera like seemed like it had to exist in the space in the coding yeah like it didn't know how to go around walls like honestly there was like a physical camera in in the game and they're like nope we can't turn around in this cavern it's too tight yeah yeah whereas they finally learned, oh, if you just snap this button, it'll just, like, teleport you behind the character so you can see it easily. Yeah, it's- yeah. Uh, you know, the the second screen, the, the gamepad screen, does nothing in this game. Like, there's not even inventory. It's just literally the game again on the sure. second screen. And they're playing simultaneously while you're playing it on the big screen. So, Though, like, I mean... There's just no is, function to it. Right, but this is true of Switch in terms of, like, this is the type of game that I think would feel okay yeah. playing in a handheld mode. Since sure. Um, the environments are pretty big and colorful and like it's pretty easy to see what's going on and and the voice acting's bad so <laughs> if you want to turn off the sound and yeah. not pay attention to it you're probably better off and in this game i mean i think the appeal of this game if it has any is that it is kind of mindless and kind of nostalgic even if mm-hmm. you don't have an attachment to this character in this game specifically it still feels fun to be kind of back in this era yeah and you know, if you have played a lot of those other platformers, this one, this one, I'm not going to say it's a good option, but it is an option. It's an option, you know, and uh, compared with like, you know, just with like Axiom Verge, which we were saying like is maybe trying to do too much, like maybe a little bit too complex for what uh, the for the limitations of the platform. This one doesn't really have that issue. No, it's pretty simple in its layout. Uh, some of the controls are a little odd, like. 
the crouch button is A, which yeah. it sounds like a weird nitpicky thing to say that, but when you're trying to play it, it's like it feels very weird. Well, because it means that your attack button and your crouch and roll button are on opposite sides of your thumb, like which is e- like and on a lot of like kind of a wide set gamepad. Right. Too. It's the thing is, it's always easy to. Um, you know, ever since the Super Nintendo, to press like the A and B button at the same time, right. or the B and Y to la- to lay your fingers at a diagonal. Mm. But when you try to press across the controller, either horizontally or vertically, it just doesn't work. You're just smashing everything. And so, yeah, it's it is frustrating here. But and like, it's a weird mechanic because you need to like pre- if you want to do a super jump, you have to press A B really quickly, mm. and it just feels off. Like I don't know, it it just it's one extra step that you didn't need when you had the trigger buttons not really doing anything. Yeah, and very uh, weirdly, like this game features lives another another sort of weird holdover or thing similar to like a 3d camera where they're like uh we're not sure what to do with these like we know they should be here but we don't know why right so i think if you lose all your lives you'll go back to the beginning of the level but i don't really get the impression that you should lose all your lives too much. No, no, it's not terribly hard. Um, you know, some to, to give it some more faint praise, uh, no load times that I really noticed, like, mm-hmm. of, of any kind, like going in and out of buildings or changing levels, like, really nothing to speak of. I mean, similar to maybe, like, the Lost Woods in Ocarina of Time, I think they deliberately, like, make the levels very small. Like, yeah. the little areas very small, so even though there's no load times, you're, like, going into dark caverns and coming out a second later somewhere else. So it can be easy to get lost when there's a dark cavern on both sides. Uh, Totally. And uh, there was a weird, like, mechanic we could never quite wrap our heads around with these crystals. Oh, yeah. They're they're, crystals. They're different colored gems that are all over the levels, and there seems to be some kind of multiplayer involved, or multiplier, when you get five of a certain color of gem. I think it's just building up your score. But every once in a while, you'll find a switch on the ground, like a, a diamond-shaped switch, kind of like the thing you would see over a Sim's head. Yeah. And you smack it, and it'll change the color from, like, red, green, blue. Yep. But I have no idea what that does in the real world. You, you were it, suggesting maybe that changes has, the colors. It has to connect to the gems somehow, because those are the colors of the gems. It must red, be. Red, yellow, blue. Maybe but... it's determining, like, whichever one's hit, like, you'll get a bigger bonus for, yeah. for the, like, if it's on red, you'll get a bigger bonus for red. Because when you hit one, it didn't do anything to the gem. Right. You thought it was going to change the colors of the gems yeah. you could pick up, which wouldn't do anything either but sure like it, it would i mean be, it would do something but it would to be make clear sense. it would change the colors it would change of the, the colors of the gems but it wouldn't do anything practical you're thinking too much game. in the big picture oh, steve yes, it's yes. all about thinking small Ex- oh, one, one step me. at a time change yeah. the color of those gems uh, yeah that is uh, that's another just very bizarre aspect of this game is it has a score yeah um where you can you know by collecting gems in a combo and a you know collecting treasures and then you can upload your scores to like leaderboards, which is just very bizarre. Like, I yeah. wonder, I would like to meet and talk to the person who is number one on the leaderboards for Legend of K Anniversary <laughs> and just be like, what got you to this point? Yeah. 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 Like, how, how do you feel about the direction that your life has taken? <laughs> and can you reveal to me, like, what is the Legend of K? But I mean, to be fair, like, you're probably on that leaderboard if you played this game. Sure. Like, I imagine not a lot of people dug this one out and play. If you played it to the end, you're probably on that board. And it took the time to actually, yeah, upload these scores. Yeah, and you know, I don't think I would necessarily play this through to the end, but it is, like you said, like functionally, it's it's basically playable. You know, yeah. like it's 
it's diverting and the combat's kind of fun. You get a very overpowered magic attack. Like <laughs> when you, uh, if you press and hold the attack button, you'll charge up with lightning and you'll just kill everybody on the screen. Yeah. And that takes one unit of magic. You have six and they <laughs> replenish every time you kill a rat. So like, okay, pretty easy to game that. Yeah, yeah. you can keep that going. Lots of little side quests. They're mostly like hit this switch on this sh- uh, statue. Um, little hit these hidden- six switches on these six statues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, bomb open a wall here. We we were rescuing rabbits from cages, but I wasn't clear why or what that was doing other than <laughs> helping them out, I guess. Sure. You know, it's just doing a good thing. I don't know why I need to expect something in in, in return for yeah. this. I just you, want to you, save some bunnies. Even condition, man. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, I don't know. I, I guess the part that's so baffling about this game is that like I guess I said that it is so obscure in terms of like why did this game come back? Why is it on so many systems? And who, if anyone, played it? And why yeah. did we just play it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know why more companies aren't like taking this model. Like, why didn't we have a Punky Skunk anniversary? Why didn't you have Blasto anniversary? Yeah. You know, uh, a Zero like, the Kamikaze Squirrel remaster. Exactly. You know, a like Zool, a Ninja of the Nth Dimension. <laughs> Just like all of these like completely middle of the road, like forgettable characters that nobody has any real affection for. But slap anniversary on there, and suddenly, like, I'm curious. I want to play it. You know. Yeah, but in yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of the great mysteries. Do we know like has Nordic Games put out any other stuff like they, they do like Mads Mikkelsen games? Well, they are. <laughs> yeah, there's the the uh, what's that Nicholas winning Revan movie? Uh, the Hollow Rising. The Hollow Rising. I wanted to call it Death Rising for some reason. I mean, that I sounds know. cool That's too. That's a good one too. Yeah, Death Rising, the video game. Uh, but yeah, um, the Hollow Nordic- Rising. You just have to spend like. The, the last half of that movie is just, or of uh, that game is just you spend four hours sailing through the fog. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah go go that game. No, uh, Nordic has uh, merged with THQ. So now they're kind of, they're, they're THQ Nordic. So yeah, they're still putting out games all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine it was just kind of that, that new largesse, like from the new corporate merger helped them put Maybe this game out. Maybe there's like a senior employee who works there who like really loved this game and was like, it's going to catch on. I know the Legend of K is going to happen. Just, like, give me one more. He just, like, remasters it in his spare time and brings it to the higher people. Like, look, I made this. And they're like, all right. Yeah. Put it out if you already did the work. But if that's and- the case, they kind of misidentified what the problems were with this game. Like, there was nothing wrong with the way the game looked initially. It's, it's the... Uh, the kind of bad camera and the bad voice acting and things like that and the kind of racist overtones right. that you need to address. But those are much more expensive to fix than just going and trimming up models. And that's like. the thing. That's kind of all they really did. It's it's not much of a difference over what the original game was. Um, what's well, really kind of all I have to yeah, say about Legend of Yeah, this might be one of those short episodes. I, I mean, don't know. Luckily, we do have a couple of letters from people, but okay. let's jump into our rankings real quick. Um, so each week we are ranking the games we have just played comparing them to other titles and seeing where they land i think i'm gonna put legend of k anniversary um i'm gonna put it at number 37 which is underneath wonderful 101 and above lego jurassic world okay um yeah because it's it is mildly fun i think it's it's not bad if you're looking for maybe like a my first zelda kind of thing um but it's also, it's just a weird beast, like literally and figuratively. It's mm-hmm. a weird beast of a game. Um, it, it, it's weird that it survived. It's weird that it came back. And it's weird that we're talking about it. Yeah. It's not really anything worth talking about or reviving. <laughs> it's simultaneously, 
its lack of worth of being something worth talking about is what makes it worth talking Kinda, about. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it, there's a lot of irony going on. Plus, that plus the original version would be better than the anniversary version, right. probably. Um, but just that's only because of expectations, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, I'm right there with you. I'm going to put it at... Um, Number 38, which is also right under the Wonderful 101 and ahead of Star Fox Guard and the Pro Fishing Game. Yeah. If I had to give it a uh, two-word review, it would be, it's K. It's K. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a hyphen K or apostrophe K. As yeah. as discussed in, in when I asked Steve a question, there's many other games that you could probably play before this and have a good time. Yeah. But if you were... Stuck on a desert island, and this is the one that wa- washed up along with the Wii U system. You'd be like, uh, this isn't going to work. It's been in salt water for weeks. Yeah. But, uh, but you could probably fashion that Wii U into like uh, uh, some weapons, some sharp tools. You could also just use the gamepad to break open coconuts. That's true. And the uh, the disc, the Legend of K disc, can be a reflective surface to signal planes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, or you can um, use it as kind of like a throwing star to try and cut fish in half in the water. Oh, man, I take it back. Number one game. This okay. is the best one. I didn't think about all the utility that it had on a desert <laughs> island situation. It's a real advantage it has over every other game that comes on a desert island. That's form. the one thing they never take into account. It's like, what books would you bring to a desert island? Oh, probably none. They'd be waterlogged. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I, I didn't I didn't float there safely. I, I mean, I, I, I'm there. It's because I crashed. Are there any books that are, like, tremendously large and made out of wood? Yeah. Because that, those are the books that I want. Right. Yeah. Is there something that I can fashion into a yacht? Do you, I want 10 copies of the rise and fall of the Roman Empire made out of particle board. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a box set of Proust made of plastic. Uh, All right. Well, we have some letters today. First one says, hello, Woody, Steve, and sorry, I think I activated my glitch gun for a second there. Anyway, just wanted Uh, to chime in after your excellent Axiom Verge episode. I was already a huge fan, but still learned a lot from your research about the game's history and creator. Like you, I found the mysterious tone of Axiom Verge to be its biggest draw. Without giving too much away, I found it to be a thought-provoking exploration of the existential dread and loneliness that often accompanies true genius. For me, this culminated in one of the most unsettling boss fights in video game history. The way the game played with your expectations and perspective chilled me to the bone, and although it wasn't particularly challenging, I couldn't wait for it to be over. Hopefully you know which one I'm talking about because I really don't want to spoil it for you. I do have an idea. (laughs) Um, This leads me to my actual question. Since the game was created by one man with such a fraught and stressful private life, the project takes on a meta-narrative that I think is rare to see in video games. Uh-oh. If, I always get stressed out whenever someone asks me a question involving the word meta-narrative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you all were going to create a game symbolically represent your hearts and minds, what would the game play like? Or what would the gameplay be like? You can also pick an existing game that symbolizes your essence, if that's easier. Mine would definitely be Iggy's Wrecking Balls. Uh, <laughs> thanks for every episode. There may be bigger video game podcasts out there, but in my book, yours is the indie classic that gets it right. Oh, thank you. And that is from J-Mo. Thank Appreciate you, J-Mo. It. And just to be clear, there are no bigger video game podcasts No, than we're, us. we're at Top of yeah, the Hill. Top, top of the, the hill. line. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if you hear any, if any game, gaming podcast advertises having more listeners, they're lying. Get in line, Beastcast. Yeah. Yeah, how, exactly. how did this get played? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, oh boy, that, that's a, it, that's a grim question to ask, sure. like, uh, the, the game that existentially represents my heart and mind, just, uh, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like maybe for me, it would be something that kind of, about sort of the difficulties of trying to resist, like, adulthood and responsibility and sure. getting, like, pulled into those things of, like, kind of these... <laughs> 
you know, tedious like setup mechanics of like some sort of office manager sim or something like that, where you have to like prepare and like distribute weapons to everyone or something like that. And then like to cut to the actual like action packed gameplay and yeah. be like, okay, to get to this point, you have to go through all these simulation menus again, because like, I find that something that I really struggle with in terms of like, I just want to dick around and have fun. But yeah. like, I end up, my life kind of gets out of control yeah. when, when, I, when I keep it in that realm and I have to like take a breath and be like, okay, I got to go through some time to just be willing to like plan things out and like keep that aspect in order. Yeah. I, I don't quite know what like the tone or gameplay itself would be, but like some, some, some kind of like very fast paced, uh, somehow you combine NBA hang time with uh, final fantasy tactics. Sure. That's, okay. That's what I want. That's you. Okay. Yeah. That, that tracks. <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel like mine would kind of need to, uh, represent, I think my defining quality these days is just anxiety. Okay. I'm just nervous and anxious all the time. Uh, so I think a good combination would be Bennett Foddy's getting over it, okay. uh, where, you know, the little guy in the pot with like trying to, you know, with the intentionally tough controls. Yep. Uh, the only change I would make is that the music would be replaced entirely by the sound of Sonic about to drown. Ooh. <laughs> That's wow. My, that's 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 my anxiety game right there. Is uh is Bennett Foddy still talking to you or is it just it's just the frustration of that game plus that dun 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 It's just that. Yeah, it's oh, just that man. frustration with that sound. That's, oh, that that's, sounds rough, Steve. That's what my anxiety feels like on a bad day. Ooh, yeah. Uh so that would be my game. Uh, I do not recommend anyone playing that game. Okay. Um have you have you actually got over it with Bennett Foddy? I've I've played it. I haven't gotten over it. You haven't it. fully I haven't, gotten over it. I haven't fully it. gotten over it. I've seen videos of people doing it and I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> what it's a weird game. So weird. So weird. <laughs> and like it, you feel incredibly accomplished, but like yeah, then it all it, it's amazing how quickly it all falls apart <laughs> yeah. in that game. It's it's uh, it's an <laughs> apt metaphor. All right, we have one more letter here. Stephen Woody, hey fellas, I hope you've been holding up well as we entered the third calendar year of our ongoing yeah, end times. Yeah, clearly he's been doing great with his <laughs> doing great. Bennett Foddy Sonic the Hedgehog drowning <laughs> state of being. I'm going to give people nightmares with that yeah. one. Uh, I was wondering if either of you had experience with the Wii U Pro Controller. While the gamepad is a bit clunky, I actually prefer it to the Pro Controller. The placement of the sticks and buttons are similar to the gamepad. But I feel the local location of the buttons is too far away from the right stick, and it just feels awkward when switching between them. Luckily, they corrected it with the Switch Pro controller, which is far and away the best one of the best controllers out there, in my in my opinion, anyway. A similar question: What are your guys' least favorite game controllers that you've used personally? For me, it might honestly be the Wii U Pro controller, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Thanks again for all the great Wii U content, and that's from Dan in Washington D.C. Are you looking for the Pro Controller right now? Uh, yeah, but that's 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 okay. I mean, is that the black one? Yeah. Oh, okay. And this is the one that he is in favor of. No, that's the one he does not like. He prefers the gamepad to that one, which I have no okay. problem with the Pro Controller. I don't know it. The, it I don't know. Yes, it's so the, difficult to describe a controller on here, but the buttons are very weirdly spa- like they're they're almost the same spatial distance as the gamepad. Yeah, but the controller itself is way way smaller, and it also has uh, both sticks on your on your upper end. I'm I'm is, realizing what I like is like the Switch or the Xbox where you have uh, the left controller up high and the right controller down low. That feels more comfortable to me. Yeah, or if. You know, the PlayStation of having them both at the bottom isn't bad either, but having them both on the top is a little weird. I agree yes. with that. So I, I don't have a, yeah, I don't have a big problem with this controller except for the two sticks up high. 
Um, yeah. And you were just holding a uh, Xbox One controller. That's a great controller. It is. Yes, yeah, it's it's weighty. It's got a good texture to it and uh, feels very responsive. I do feel like they were really, for a long time, kind of in the wild weeds of what makes a controller. Like, probably sure. until, like, the PlayStation 2 generation. Yeah, where yeah. Where they, like, cemented it in. Yeah, it's like, this is, well, that's not even true because Nintendo was always sort of off their rocker. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah. But uh, in terms of worst controllers, I think the Dreamcast controller is very bad um, because it, it should have another stick. Yeah. Well, it's such a huge controller, but yeah. the buttons themselves are very small mm-hmm. and like close together. And the stick itself is very feels very loose and unpleasant to use. Like, it twists in a way that it's not supposed to. Yeah, it, does, it feels like it's not necessarily going to go back to center. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I would say I was not a fan. I mean, this is hardly a hot take, but the first-generation Xbox controller. Oh, yeah, the Duke. The Duke, which was gigantic. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen one You're of these, have you're the, lucky. You, someday, if, we, if it finally comes to it, and you and I have a falling out, we'll have to have, like, a... Face off, you get to use the Wii U gamepad, and I'll get to use a Duke controller, and we'll see who sustains massive head trauma first. Yeah, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, the Duke, it's not only are the buttons too close together, they're like italicized, like weirdly. They're, they're all at a slant. So it's just kind of big and messy. And then that thing is just huge and weighty. Um, and also, like, maybe a hotter take. I do not like a Sega Genesis controller. I don't like the, oh, I don't yeah. like the three button Sega yes, Genesis controller. I agree. Controller. The three button controller is weird. It, it feels like the the controller is too big for the mm-hmm. buttons that it has on it, and those buttons don't feel very responsive. Six yes. button controller solves all the problems. Six button with controller the rules. That's yeah. a, that's one of my all time favorite controllers. It's great. It's great. And my other hot take is I kind of like the Nintendo sixty four controller. It's cool. Got nothing against it. It's yeah. cool to have a controller that feels very distinct, like. It feels wrong to play Super Mario 64 with any other controller. Right. Because just the feel of that controller feels right for that it game does. or Star Fox 64. The only thing I don't like about it is that all of the C buttons with the different arrows look the same in game. They do. Because they needed to be actually like line arrows so you can see which way they're pointing instead of the triangles that are basically like equilateral. So it looks like they're pointing every direction at once. Yeah. And- I mean, I, I do always toss out, like, one of my favorite bad controllers was the uh, Resident Evil 4 chainsaw controller for the GameCube. Or the, the, the just, slime controller for oh, Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, just it just looked like, slime. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever used the chainsaw controller? I have, yeah. My friend had it, and it's just this big, bulky, like, hard-to-control thing. Like, it's, it's no way to play a game. <laughs> it's an interesting, like, uh, uh, conversation piece, but it's not a good way to play a game. It's too big. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of controllers in general. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. I think from like an objective standpoint, they've gotten a lot better in terms of like comfort and playing the game, but it is, I I hope, I hope back for the days we get some more like truly crazy controller ideas, like a helmet that you wear over your head and yell fire, 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 fire. fire." (laughs) When are we getting that back? Yeah. No, no problems with that controller at all. There's no logical problems. They thought that through. (laughs) Pass me the cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, kind of a shorter one today. Uh, It was a shorter game, but you know, I don't know what we would have bundled it with, you know, to to talk about. So, oh wait, Legend of K two. Oh shit, Legend of second anniversary. What if there was Legend of K anniversary edition and Legend of K second anniversary edition? They just put (laughs) one out every year. Yeah, every twenty years or every ten years, we're gonna see if like it's catching on yet. Uh, That's not a bad idea. Um, but stay tuned next week when we have a game that I would say uh, caught on a little bit better than this one. Ooh. It's a game called 
Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, baby. Whoa, uh, we're sounds back. cool. We're heading back to the country, the Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> where the flavor is. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. So tune in for that one. We will see you banana next flavor. week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the flavor. Or coconut, you know, it fires yeah. and spurts. That's true. With my tail in the air Straight catch John I'm a ladies cat I'm a feeling Casanova Hey man that's that Get a shoe thrown at me From a mean old man Get my dinner from a garbage can